Hi, and welcome to Bottled Up, a wine podcast, sort of. I'm Sean, one of your hosts, and I'm here with... Jen, I'm the other. <laughs> the other host, my stunning <laughs> partner in wine crime. Wine crimes. <gasps> we should start committing wine crimes. I mean, obviously, we shouldn't announce it on a podcast yeah. and then do it. So We're you'll not never committing know. wine crimes. Or you just won't know when we are. <laughs> do not let this episode... Blame us for all the wine crimes, but these are maybe... not the wine crimes you're looking for. <laughs> Perfect. Hello, Sean. Hello, Jen. How has your week been? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's my answer to that. Yeah, it's been it's been fun, hasn't it? The excitement never ends when you're living in New York City. Right? Living living in America. <laughs> oh wow. I'm gonna have to YouTube that video. I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm just doing a shoulder dance. I mean, I'm sad that I people see, can't see it, but I'm I see that. I'm full on living in America with myself over here. I'm ready to fight. I wish uh, we had I wish we had uh, a video content page where people could see what our Zoom conversations have been over these past two months because they are silly. They are a little silly. It's not well do we should do we should do an Instagram live for the people. Who doesn't want to watch us? We should brush our hair first since oh, yeah. um we, We're both we tend to not hat. bother to do that for <laughs> each other. Uh, but for our adoring public, we would brush our hair, I feel. I think next time we go wine shopping, yeah, I think we'll live that. Okay, that seems fun. Yeah, I did not shower before our wine shopping yeah, no. this time. No, I showered no. after. <laughs> it's a three-day I weekend. think that says a great thing because <laughs> I feel comfortable enough to go wine shopping with you yeah. as God made me. <laughs> <laughs> and we were the only people in the wine store, so Good it's fine. point. <laughs> um, yeah, no, what I, did we I had buy, to buy today? I had to buy new tires this week. So oh, yeah. That purchase, way less fun than our purchase today. It, yeah, uh, and you had some downtime while you were waiting for your tires, didn't you? I did. I had lots of, mainly my own fault, because uh, car issues fully, like, arrest me, if you will, like a wine crime. Like, I can't function. Like, I literally spent an hour just staring at the flat tire, like, maybe it'll fix itself. That that has been known to happen. Didn't they? It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. So you so you went down. You got your tires fixed, and I did. Uh, while your tires were being fixed, you did a little shopping. I did. Well, um, for those of our uh, that uh, our listeners that are in Astoria, uh, I went to uh, the tire place. Uh, I won't name them because then I had to be on hold with them for an hour and a half. But it rhymes with Schmep boys, and uh, so <laughs> real mystery. Uh, I went to the. It's it's on. A, it's in a quiet area of Astoria, an undeveloped area, if you will. It's not very nice. No. Um, there's not a lot of street sweeping, so clearly the birds and the litter have won. Um, but there is, if you walk, there's closed nightclubs that I don't yeah. know who attends them. Well, I mean, Club Caligula, everybody and look that, do, do some Googling and yeah, read about yeah, the, the COVID bust there. It was not happening while I was wandering of a Friday <laughs> afternoon waiting for tires. But I did go to the Dollar General. And while I, I love dollar stores, I love foreign grocery stores. I love anything that's like going to give me stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, and just as I was about to leave and see if my tires were done, the Dollar General gave me some stuff for you. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so everybody can hear that. Uh, Jen got me this fantastic handbell, and it says, Ring for Wine. Isn't that wonderful, friends? You too could own them if you head to the Dollar General today um, and annoy your spouse or other. Oh. Oh, he just shut the door. Yep, yep, that's <laughs> what I figured. Um, do you remember the movie Wildcats? 
Um, no. Okay, and that's fair. No, <laughs> nobody will. Uh, it was a football movie starring Gloria Hawn, oh, yes. in which she's the football coach. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. There's some glaring errors. Nobody was paying attention to continuity. It's wonderful. <laughs> but there is a scene where the team steals the other team's ma- early in the season mascot, and it's a goat. And the goat has a bell uh-huh. and there's like a moment where they're like, I can't even concentrate if you keep ringing that fucking bell. <laughs> and, uh, and it's the goat ringing the bell. Anyway, the bell sound is exactly the same sound as the uh, bell. I, just I love that. Goldie Hawn is going to bring me wine now uh, while riding right? a goat. Or a football team she saves with her whiteness. <laughs> I mean, what, a, <laughs> what else saves football teams these days? To be days? fair, she probably saved it with her lady parts more than her whiteness at the time. But both were in effect. Not Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> level, <Wolf>. but close. <laughs> no cat suit there. <laughs> no gangster's paradise. <laughs> oh, uh, nobody learns English. Um, good stuff. Anyway, but today we made a very easy purchase. We surely uh, which did. I am excited to drink. Yeah. Uh, we decided to do this episode on the greatest grape, Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir! P- yeah. Oh. that a theme song, that's what it would be. Well, I, I think Kimmy Schmidt gave us that song. Sure, sure. I mean, I don't know that, but... Or Titus, but... That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're, we're in the wine store perusing the very many uh, Pinots available from many. Chile, from... France, from Germany, although in Germany it's called Spatburgunder. Which is just fun to say, friends. Spatburgunder, which just means uh, red from Burgundy, which is Pinot Noir. Uh, And France, of course, Burgundy is Pinot Noir. There's some of the most expensive, most sought-after wines in the world, uh, from some of the oldest vineyards in the world. Uh, But we decided, in lieu of when this episode is going to be published, to go American. We went American because... While there is much work to do, there is much work ahead. No one should by any means be resting on any sort of laurel. Definitely no laurel resting. No, you get don't shove Hardy out of the way and just sit on laurel. <laughs> um, we will be broadcasting after this national nightmare of... The orange one is finito. Is finito, and we will have inaugurated our 46th president, and it's very, very exciting, and the vice president, very exciting. Very Especially exciting. considering uh, uh, Justice uh, Sotomayor is going to be swearing in Kamala Yes, Harris. which, you know, um, since this will be broadcast after, wasn't it wonderful? Didn't you cry? Oh, my God, I, I cried so sobbed. hard. Um, I'm actually going to be working a television coverage uh network coverage of it so i'm sure we will all be sobbing and high-fiving in the studio except not high-fiving because there are very strict covid protocols in place i was in gonna the say television you industry. can't be near each other to no high-five. no they sent me the map of where i'm allowed to stand during broadcast today it's uh it's intense that's awesome aw- i mean listen let, we're starting it off right let's be smart let's be smart let's get it done correctly right all i'm right. a fan yeah so very excited so we've got a nice little american pinot noir from the great state of California. Um, yep. This uh, specifically, these grapes are coming from Sonoma County, uh, from Monterey, and from Central Coast Vineyards. So places that are, they get warmth and sunshine, but they also get those cool mountain breezes, which is what gives us uh, the great growing conditions. That's the word I'm looking for, growing conditions for Pinot Noir. And what's this one called? 
The Pinot Project. Easy to remember. Easy to remember, easy to find, and easy to afford. Oh, my God. So affordable. What was it? it was, Ten something a bottle? I think it was twelve, twelve ninety nine or eleven ninety nine. Numbers are like hard. That. And my numbers are hard. But their their whole uh the Pinot Project, the guys that are doing this, their whole uh mission is to get, you know, really great grapes and make it affordable and, and accessible to the general public. And this is they even say it right here on the label. Drink this now. Don't age this. This is for drinking and for enjoying. <laughs> Yeah. Do not age. Um, I do also enjoy uh, a thing I learned today during my uh, researching uh, is that Pinot Noir literally means black pine cone. It does. Which I think is very fun. It's fun. Because like... one, I do enjoy a good pine cone. Uh, two, um, I, I like things that are black. Most of my outfits are. Um, <laughs> well, that's because we live in New York and we have to live up to our stereotypes. Um, to be fair, I was dressing in black before. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing I, it before the cool kids. I was, I've been on brand for some time. Uh, but I, 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 you know, it's not because it tastes like a pine cone, friends. It's because the grapes are bunched into a pine cone shape. Yes, they they create that great cone. And, they're, yeah. and Pinot Noir grapes in general are super dark. Can we both, can we take a picture of us for the webs, the interwebs of us both doing the pine cone shape? Because I think cone it's, shape. Fun. it's fun. It's <laughs> um, fun. Yeah. It does make them, it, yeah, it makes them a little more sensitive and thin-skinned and whatnot. But anyway, but I thought that was fun because I, you don't, not a lot of things, pine cone. Not, not, not a lot of things are named after pine cones. It's, it's, it's a valid point. We should yeah. celebrate more uh, canonical things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that... Let's celebrate with a glass of this. <laughs> Let's pop it. I, uh, as you know, did it in advance just because otherwise I would fumble and microphone sounds and annoying. <laughs> All right. What we got here? Oh, I glug, got a glug, little glug sound. Hold. That was good. Smells nice. Oh, I did it right into the microphone. I don't know if you can hear that. friend. Oh, I, I heard it. Oh, good. Um, oh, yeah. Yours is good glugging, too. Um, Maybe we can get my dog to bark like Mab meowed in the last episode. <laughs> oh, Rips, do you want to sign us off tonight? <sighs> Only if I run out of treats. Okay. Um, Ooh, it smells yummy. A little spicy. Yeah, you get that kind of um, Chinese five spice. Um, I read a description of this very uh, specific wine today uh, from a wine blog uh, that I enjoyed. Hold on, I'm going to just read it because yeah, it's very it exciting. Me. Uh, black, ch it sounds a little dirty. That's why I liked it. So oh, like yes. maybe we could put some like bah, 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 boom, music underneath this. Um, black cherries kissed by oak and complemented by just the right amount of Asian spice. What? What? There you go. Boom. Uh, I think that that's a preview for something that comes on public access after midnight. <laughs> My boobies are out. Yeah, I know. It's good stuff. Um, it's called Pure Pinot. Oh, God. Join me at 1.15 oh. a.m. on Wednesdays <laughs> <laughs> for a 13-minute episode of Pure Pinot. Directly of following foam. Sandy Kane. Right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, yeah, some spices. Um, got that uh, bright red fruit uh, that you would usually get from Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir is a very light-bodied wine. It's a very food-complementing uh, wine. It's... It's not heavy. It's not tannic. It's just great drinking wine. It's easy. 
it is easy. Uh, like but it Sunday can morning. also uh, be extremely complex. And some of these wines will age you know, 20, 40, 80 years and still be amazingly complex and delicious and wonderful. <laughs> Not this bottle. As Not this bottle. <laughs> to quote, enjoy in moderation as soon as possible. This label yeah. will self-destruct in five seconds. That's amazing. It's <laughs> amazing. Right on the label, kids. They don't want you to F around. No, this is... I censored myself for the grandmas listening. For the, for the grandmas. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. And chin. Um. Ooh, yes. That is a Pinot Noir, mm. ladies and gentlemen. It's very nice. Uh, it's got a little bit of like a black pepper taste at yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah. Sour cherries, black currants... Um, definitely some cherries. Peppermint. Definitely getting the cherry. It's nice. I I, I enjoy this uh, for eleven, twelve bucks. I, hell, right. Well, I'm this gonna enjoy a... this with with my True Blood that I've been watching. <laughs> you got us hooked on it. Now we started. I know. I'm so sorry. No, I have to say, oh, don't apologize. Oh, no, Thank it's you. so good. <laughs> you know, when I started watching it, um, you know, I've 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 been doing a lot of crafting, as we know, during this time frame, <laughs> and so I can't really watch anything new. So people are generally like, "Have you seen?" Bridgerton, have you seen blah? And I'm like, unless it's happening in Middle Earth or off the coast of Amityville, I haven't seen shit. Um, <laughs> but I took a break from my two favorite uh, series and the, the Jurassic, of course, um, to do some True Blood. And uh, and I remembered distinctly all the things I loved about it from the beginning. I love all the True Blood, makes me want to drink red wine with it. Um, I love Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Pam and Lafayette, still my favorites of all time. Eric, still the sexiest. Uh, I don't get it, Sookie. But the uh, but um, until I got to the last season, and turns out I didn't watch it. Really? You never How finished How did it? I watch six seasons and then stop? What kind of monster? <laughs> That's like drinking this whole bottle of Pinot Project, Pinot Noir, but stopping at the last glass. Who is that for? <laughs> why uh, would, why, what is wrong with me? That's... I, I, Maybe you were just very disaffected at the time. Me? I mean, maybe I was suddenly like HBO challenged. I don't know what happened, but yeah. Anyway, join us at 1.15 on Wednesday. I can't do the voice and laugh. <laughs> on your public access station. We'll have some Pinot Noir to explore while we explore you. Oh, daddy. Uh, it premieres on August 18th, Pinot Noir Day. That's true. August 18th is International Peanut Noir Day, and that's when we should all be Someday cracking our peanuts. We, we, will, we will crack a wine on the day. Uh, maybe Someday we'll, we'll do our research before we go to the before, wine yeah, store. We'll, you know, <laughs> We just we just like wine, folks. Every day can be wine day. We don't care. That's true. Um, and as as we as we you know before we end this first segment, of course, I do I did find one Pinot Noir quote uh, from our friend Kurt Russell. What I know, you were expecting who? Gandhi? No, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, um, the man, the legend. And the quote makes no sense to me at all. But uh, Kurt Russell says, "A great Pinot chases its own tail." <laughs> What does that mean? What does it mean? Okay, uh, I guess it's John. Let's see if we if we could break this down in wine geek <laughs> terms here. So, like, ah. a great Pinot is something that's going to be constantly evolving and oh. constantly changing, and a lot of that is going to be eating its own self. So it's chasing its tail as it's changing and progressing. Like some of the um, some of the best French Pinot out there, they'll if you drink it 
first year of vintage, it is absolutely bitter and undrinkable, but you let it sit for 20 years and it's a magical experience. And that's just I mean, clever winemaking. <laughs> I, 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 I like, we almost have to have a break now because that was so masterful. Like, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, it got a slow clap. Maybe that didn't translate in, in podcast sounds, <laughs> but I, I, that's what I was doing. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like a quick, a quick break is what the people are going to need to sit with yeah. that, Sean. So everybody pour yourself a glass. Uh, we'll be back in just a few. Bring me more wine. Where's the wine gone? We're back on episode four-ish of Bottled Up, and we are talking about Pinot Noir, or Black Pinecone Wine. Pinot um, Noir. I'm calling it from now on. I, I would be interested to see if you went into some snooty wine shop and asked for some Black Pinecone. Uh, oh, my God. If I people would, would know an anything. Uh, that seems you, like a fun way to spend an afternoon. Yeah, you know, I... There's some like really nerdy wine shops, like uh, like down at Astor Wines. Their their staff oh. tends to be pretty nerdy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They would uh, they would probably jump on that. That'd be amazing. All right, maybe we'll do that next time. But yeah, <laughs> okay. let's. Uh, I mean, Pinot Noir, as you said in sec- segment one, is uh, one of the the greatest grapes. Uh, the the yeah, it, like, it likes it cold. It's as cold as ice. <laughs> it, it's, um, it, it, it's a difficult grape to grow, uh, which is odd that it would be like the one of the most popular red wine drinking grapes out there because like it's just so hard to make and so easy to make poorly yeah i mean the one article that i read that was talking about you know the specifics like the black pine cone portion but like Mm -hmm. it said in detail which you know may i stopped reading but what i got from it (laughs) was that because the bunches of grapes are so tight and so thin-skinned um it fungus and rot um yeah get in all in the little like tight bunchy bunches. So, cause ill. So we should all remember to air out our tight bunchy places like the grapes. <laughs> Let them out. Um, sometimes you gotta, um, but then also of course the thin skin doesn't do a good job protecting sure. from pests and the skin makes them susceptible to bursting. Yeah. If, they, if, if there's too much rain, um, the vines will soak up that water. And not only will that like really dilute the, the flavors involved in the wine, but it could actually just potentially pop them and then you're i have out. to say the image of walking through wine fields as grapes are just bursting <laughs> is kind of a fun one to me i mean i don't want to ruin anything i don't want to bring that on any field but uh it does it's a funny <laughs> cinematic image if you if you will i'm picturing it like um running through the field like a wedding dress like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. some mascara running and then these Grapes are popping and it's very symbolic of the yeah. loves we lost when we don't try or something like that. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> but, the, but somehow the sun is out because there's a rain. So it's all very like, it's all very mismatched, right? It's beautiful yeah. blue skies and the, and the sun is out. There's um, uh, there's a great song that I can't think of who sings it, but like, that's the one of the, I thought that it would rain on the day you went away. Uh, like that kind of lyric come to life with yeah. bursting grapes. It's raining grape juice. It's purple splattered everywhere. Oh, purple rain. Purple rain. rain. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
Okay. That's I love why that I said we, it. Singing. We had that moment together. Well, because you have to pause. You have to take in the pause before mm-hmm. you just jump to Prince. The, but it's um, an old grape, right, John? It is. It's it's one of the oldest grapes out there that we've been able to um, genetically trace back. Um, it, you see it show up in Europe uh, in like the 1300s, uh, planted old, by the Cistercian monks. Who were, you know, who doesn't love a good monk? Who doesn't? You know, the 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 brothers at Buckfast Abbey making the world's leading tonic wine, still doing it today, <laughs> by the way. Amazing. Uh, one like fifth of Buckfast. Maybe we'll do an episode on Buckfast, but I'm pretty sure we'll just end up getting in a fight because Buckfast makes you fight. It has more caffeine in it than a liter of Coke. Wowzers. <laughs> but it, well, that episode will have to be live and apparently in a ring. <laughs> sounds uh, insane. And I'll have to have somebody from the UK bring it over here because you can't yeah, get I was gonna it say, in the United I've States. I've never seen this thing, but it's very exciting. It is gross, but I've had some fun times in Scotland with it. <laughs> um, gross. But so the Cistercian monks planted these grapes, and one of the vineyards in particular, we spoke about it last episode, uh, Domine Romani Conti, the DRC, is this one strip uh, on a hillside, an east-facing hillside in France, in Burgundy, and it's just like, that's the most expensive, best wine in the world. And those grapes, vines were planted, you know, in the 1300s. That's insane. And there's so much, wine crime, there's wine crime around there, like people were breaking in and stealing the vines and holding them hostage for hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's insane. It makes me think of, although on a very different level, uh, in the Hamptons, um, in the summertime, <laughs> there are, um, they, there's huge sunflower fields where there's not mm-hmm. as many anymore because there's McMansions, but there yeah. used to be many more huge sunflower fields and they have electric fences around them, not like Jurassic Park electric that almost killed Timmy, but just standard electric. And I know this because I was trying to take pictures of the beautiful fields of sunflowers and I shocked myself um, <laughs> because I had no idea. But then I, I looked it up and it's because people steal all the sunflowers and they sell them for like $82, a bunch of three or some sort of Hamptons that's, price scale. That's so Hamptons. Right? Yeah. So similar, but dumb. I think the, the, the world's... I'm probably wrong on this and anybody can fact check me, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I believe that the the leading uh, producer of sunflowers is Hungary. Hungary or maybe it's Slovenia or one of those over there. I but, believe you. Uh, I drove through there a while back and it was definitely just sunflowers and campsites. That's that's all I, mean, I saw. I mean, it's beautiful. Like there, uh, there used to be when I was a nanny in the Hamptons. There was a whole corner as you approached um, the home, which was on the bay, and it doesn't none of this mm-hmm. matters. But uh, the security <laughs> alarm number is no, I'm just kidding. But the um, the the whole corner of this one, you you were r- driving through. A, I mean, it was all farm town before it became yeah. Richie Richland. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just there was like a whole you know week of sunflower season that was just glorious as you would come around and sure, it would just, just be big yellow heads huge sunflowers oh. and uh it's just amazing and now it's a mcmansion and gone but i'm sure there's other fields that i could get shocked on if i <laughs> if you tried real hard if i really could, made an effort you could do a series <laughs> jen, jen drinks while getting shocked jen just touches <laughs> fences fingers crossed <laughs> Um, I did learn while I was Googling, uh, this was a real article as well, uh, that Pinot Noir doesn't like to mingle, Sean. It does not. 
It's, um, it's... And they were saying that in, um, and then you could say real reasons, but here was their reasons. Uh, it was, they were trying to tell you what type of wine you should drink if you're that type of person. Uh-huh. So it was like, if you're the type of person that rarely goes to a party and when you do, you feel miserable, then Pinot Noir is your matching wine. I was like, well, that's a horrible stereotype, but sure. Um, because <laughs> okay. it doesn't, it doesn't blend well with other wines. It, it doesn't. It's um, because it is so light bodied and it has its very specific flavors. It tends to get overwhelmed with when you're trying when you're bouncing back and forth so if you have multiple wines you're doing a tasting you're you're test like everything out of vineyard or something like that start with the pinot because it's going to be the lightest it's the most delicate and and you don't you go drink a heavy cab cabernet sauvignon after that it's once you go cab you're that's what the pretty much had Sure, I'm in. Oh, right. That right. seems fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that seems pretty. That seems pretty fun. And of, but of course, the Pinot Noir grape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was some 23andMe testing and uh, revealed that uh, it is the father of Pinot Gris, Pinot, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Grigio. I like it. I like it a way of saying. They're uh, yeah, they're all the same grape, just with some slight mutations. You know, they're although and. Some of those mutations are better. Pinot Grigio, much easier to grow. Oh, much easier skinned. to grow. Yeah, uh, and and uh, just, but it has the same sort of aromatic, the florals, and it's super light and delicate, which is why you, you know it's hot and gross out. You drink your your Pinot Grigio with the ladies. Was it sure. was it turtling? Turtle time, yeah. You turtle, turtle time. You turtle. Yeah. You turtle, but not in a poop way. But not in a poop way. Oh, I'm touching cloth here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No. No. That's. I mean, listen. I like to drink with ladies. When sure, it's I like or ladies. I, I men's, also like to or not anybody mingle. in between. Ugh. Sometimes I don't want to mingle, and I just want to feel miserable, and I'll just drink the rest of this bottle. That's that, every day right that, now. I mean, yeah, that has been the majority of this year. I'm looking forward to uh, to brighter times <laughs> and to s- some mingling. You know, when we can get our because right now I just feel like 2021 is just 2020 with bangs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they got a haircut. <laughs> yeah, maybe it doesn't look so good. It's not. You, they did bangs. They shouldn't have done bangs. Why they did bangs? We all bangs told you don't forever do bangs. to grow out. Oh, yeah, we gotta live through that now. Chloe fuckers. Sevigny has them, so we have to have bangs. <gasps> I don't know if that's true. Does, does I, I? Yeah, I don't know either. But I have I have certainly fallen um, victim to the. Sure. Um, I want uh, I, the worst since you asked. You didn't ask. Uh, was <laughs> I had I was in college, like freshman year of college, and I had very I had hair like I do now, pretty shoulder length, pretty standard, straight. I have straight, fine hair, no body at all. I save that for my other sections. Um, and uh, I like my hair thin and my waistline thick, ladies and gentlemen. It's but very the, German. Um, ah, thank you. Zerschenfreiden. What was it? What's this called in German again? Not that. Spatburgunder. I was so close. <laughs> um, and I wanted this cut that um, a country Western singer had, and I'll think of who it was in a, in a minute, but um, very short, very pixie, very not me. And the woman mm-hmm. who had been cutting my hair for years in her home, in my hometown, because that's where hair salons are, was like, absolutely will not cut your hair like that. You will hate it. I'm not doing it. And I was like, don't tell me how to cut my hair. And then my 
mom's friend who also was a hairdresser and was drinking at the neighbors was like, I'll cut it. I think it'll look cute, Jenny. And uh, she got about halfway through the cut and she got stung by a bee. This is a real story. And she's allergic and they had to rush her to the oh, hospital. No. And not that I wasn't worried, but also my hair. Um, and then she came back all doped up on Benadryl or whatever they could do in the hospital for a bee sting. Sure, she could finish it, Sean. And uh, needless to say, I wore a hat for uh, Martina McBride. That was the look I was going mm-hmm. for. Uh, I wore a hat for a number of weeks because it did not look good on me. <laughs> it was not good. I went, I went 2020 like double. Like I didn't just get bangs. Like I was like, oh. let's have the same year again, but in my hair, go. <laughs> Bad times. You know, we've all done that though. We've all been there. I a lot there. of wine. <laughs> Well, you know, any excuse, any Amen. port in a storm, right? Asian spices. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, Asian spices, yeah. But that's... it does kind of go with everything, though. Pinot Noir. Oh yeah, chicken, duck, pork, uh, mushrooms. If you if you're going Oop. for the vegetarian, Oop. there it is. <laughs> no, but if you like, uh, if you're in portobello mushrooms or something like that, like this is this wine pairs with a lot of things. I wouldn't necessarily pair it with a steak. Because it's going to overpower it. You want something with bite to it that can go against the I have to say, when we were deciding on what wine to talk about today, and we were, mm-hmm. we were, oh, I'm going to give this away, secrets of the show. I'm giving oh, it no. right now. Sean. Oh, no. Uh, we were tossing around Pinot or Cab. Um, and the fact is, I like to drink a Cab with stuff. Yes. And not by itself. And so if, like, nobody wants to hear a recording of us eating a steak and drinking wine. That's fucking gross. <laughs> I'm sure somebody, like, maybe. So then, you know what? I've heard, so I've seen some of those ASMR videos. And we all know I don't like the sound of the swallow. So no, I know. Those videos make me, like, literally, literally vomit. There's no calming. I don't want to listen to a lovely tiny chomp, chomp, Asian chomp, lady chomp. eat a honeycomb. It is gross. No. That's a real Eating video noises right are gross. Eating noises yeah. are gross. Eating and then- noises in the microphone. Yeah, I would definitely have my headphones off for that recording. <laughs> yeah, if you were working on that set, Sean, oh. <laughs> for example, if you had to light the honeycomb eating. I, I have lit food TV and it has been challenging at times because the director will often ask for like it really expressive eating and it's uh. it's gross. Yeah. The phrase expressive eating just made me shudder a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie because ew. Um, but yeah, so Pinot Noir, as you know, let's, 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 we love to not stay on topic. Um, uh, but yeah, no, this is a very lovely one. And I did read that there are some very expensive ones and that for a long time, Pinot Noir was considered very expensive. Um, yeah, it is. And I mean, that's what Pinot Project is setting out to do is to make this super highbrow, expensive wine accessible to the people. Um, the people to, exp- <laughs> to your everyday like shopper. So you don't need a special occasion to drink Pinot Noir. Like when Dan yeah. and I were in Sonoma uh, back in December, I came home with some very, very expensive Pinot. And I'm like, when am I going to drink that? Because I have to justify <laughs> popping right. a bottle with that price tag. It can't just be because we're playing Skyrim in our underwear tonight. That's a video uh, game, everybody, not a euphemism. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 next week. <laughs> Man, um, this public I, access channel is amazing. Yeah, we're, we are really in business. Um, I did read a little bit about white Pinot Noir, too, Sean, and that it's, um, even though it's made with the same red grapes. Mm-hmm. They, it just 
doesn't have the skin contact. See? You know, a lot of white wine comes from red grapes, and it just doesn't have the time in contact with the skins to gain those anthocyanins, which you might remember from episode two, Back to Basics, uh, where I talked about a lot of things that nobody really cares about. No, no, I just don't know how to say it, and so I, <laughs> yeah. otherwise I didn't uh, Yeah, so they just, it doesn't impart into the wine. So you lose a little bit of... I mean, there's not real tannic structure to Pinot Noir, but there's a little bit, and that's you lose that in the white. Uh, but Pinot Noir is the only grape, one of the only grapes. I think it might, yeah, it's a handful that makes red, white, rosé, and sparkling. See? It's a very useful grape. It is highly useful and highly tasty. Yeah, and highly tasty. And I do have to say, I would love to find a white Pinot Noir, because the way that it was described on whatever wino website I was on... Um, Baked apple and pear with oh, honey, yeah. orange, and ginger. I mean, that sounds delicious. Delicious, like, and the way they they oak age it so it gets that creamy texture and ah. it's just lovely stuff. Can recommend. Uh, is this Pinot oak aged? This Pinot in particular sees uh, a portion of it um, sees oak, so it's mostly steel fermented, like the top third of the bottle, like the top <laughs> third. Uh, and so it's steel fermented and then they'll take 20% of the wine total, uh, and age that in new French oak. And then they blend it all back together. Oh, I was going to say, and then that's a separate drink. No, no that's, that's where we get that, um, that five spice kind of that cinnamon, okay. uh, back Asian, black, spice. Asian spice, uh, <laughs> that, that, uh, backbone to it comes from that, that oak aging. Oh, nice. All right. See, listen to that, people. The next time you're at a party, look how fancy you can fucking sound. Thanks, Sean. No problem. I, uh, you, just you can don't emphasize the Asian part. Just say five Yeah, spice. that's bad. Yeah, five spices, yeah, good. Don't ask for black pine cone juice. And, <laughs> uh, you know, but know about this this stainless steel versus oak for 20%, then they mingle it back together. Don't tell me Pinot Noir doesn't like to mingle. Am I right? <laughs> can I get another glass, Garcon? only with itself. <laughs> oh, See? Amen. Yeah, yeah. If you can't mingle with a crowd, you might as well mingle with yourself. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, why don't we take a little break? <laughs> I'm going to go mingle with this glass. Amen. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, my God. Well, I just refilled my glass. You, Sean? Uh, not quite. I'm going to... F- Finish off this little drop here. Come on, keep up. Chug, chug, chug. Mm. No, don't do that. That's it's so gross. good when it when it hits your lips. <laughs> we are talking about a thing you should not chug, and that is Pinot Noir. Um, I really feel like across the board, chugging wine is stupid. Yeah, it's not a um, good idea. Would not recommend. Who among us has not chugged things they shouldn't have? I do remember once in college being super drunk, and l- among the last things I remember was just chugging a bottle of vodka. Like literally tipping Ooh. back the bottle, and I don't remember much after that. I, um, I don't I, my, know that that oof. would happen with this Pinot Noir, but you know, maybe no chugging. Um, luckily, there's some emergencies going by. They don't affect either of us. We're very excited about that. Um, but yeah, we're talking a little bit more about Pinot. So specifically with Pinot Noir, as we mentioned earlier, you know, it's a light one. It's one yep. you start with at the beginning of the yep, night. This is this is your, your first, if you're drinking reds, this is your first wine of the night. Um, and you either stay on this or you move on, but you never come back to it. We don't come back. Yeah, you, it, it's just too delicate. And once you start getting heavy tannins on your tongue and other heavy flavors, it's just you're not going to get the appreciation. And at that point, why are you drinking Pinot? Right, yes. Yeah, stay like, where you are yeah, and stuff. Yeah. If you're not going to get those delightful red fruit, sour cherry notes, like why? 
Yeah. Then it's, and, and also it is, it is a very, um, as we mentioned with the cab, the cab pairs so nicely with something. This pairs nicely with lots of things. Sure. Um, but also sort of stands on its own is a very easy. Yeah. Like drink Especially away. one like this that is really marketed towards this is a casual drinker. This is something to enjoy with friends and not necessarily have to tie to an occasion or a meal or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and is... lots of people love to order this as a former bartender, waiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinot Noir is a big orderer. Like, I think people like to sort of say it, but not say it to, you know, like, yeah. I'll get a glass of the Pinot Noir. Pino. Um, yeah, but they don't have to be too whatever, though from here on out, I'm ordering it as black pine cone juice. <laughs> I don't care what that makes sense. Um, yeah, and you, it's, it's a red, so it should be room temp. Yeah, uh, 55 to 60 degrees is ideal serving temperature because it is a lighter bodied red, so you don't want it warm. But okay, fair. Like with a light chill, uh, 55, 56 degrees is perfect. So maybe throw it in the fridge for a few minutes. Throw it in the fridge for a few minutes or, you know. You know, depending you... on what apartment you live in here in Astoria, you're, <laughs> it's either heat time or not heat time. Yeah. Right? So either your apartment is 95 or it's 50. Um, and, uh, that's how apartments work here in Astoria. <laughs> so if you are in the cold moments, you could just leave it out. Just leave it out. Yeah. Keep it away from the oven. Uh, I'll say walking home from the wine store was enough time to adequately chill it. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, I got it home and I, I left it on the counter and mine seems great. Yeah. Didn't, I mean, didn't if it's, if it's anything. like 66 degrees, it's not going to be bad. But it's just, it's a light bodied wine. So it just, prefers... I like the image of a person like sticking their meat thermometer in their wine and they're like, no, no. Oh, heavens to Betsy. My God. Just one, hold one ice cube along the bottle, Roberta. What are we doing? What are we, animals? Yeah. Uh, That's what I want. Because it is a delicate wine, um, you want a glass, you want to serve it in a glass that uh, is aroma catching. So a red wine oh. glass with a nice bowl and a narrower top. Because that will allow the the aromas to stay within there and not dissipate out. Like if you're using a big Bordeaux glass, which is a wider sure. mouthed glass. For um, ladies listening, it's a pear shaped glass we're looking for. <laughs> like also sometimes known as a universal wine glass or sure, even sure. a white wine glass. Like <laughs> this, it's just your standard. Uh, Wine glass. It's like for ladies' size, I don't know. If, I don't I have no idea actually if this is the same for dudes or why it is that ladies need fruits. You guys got fruits of the loom. We do um, have loom fruits. You do have loom fruits that do stuff. But every single article about the weight of a lady eventually compares them to a fruit. Um, you're either a pear shape, i.e., you got no titties, but you got big hips, or you're an apple because you're big in the middle, or you're just a stick that's not really a fruit huh. but i guess that would be a banana <laughs> a stick fruit um, you know the stick fruit it's my favorite fruit um yeah it's fair you know i i guess as a as a dude i never really thought of that but when i think Why of fruit you? as a descriptor it always goes straight to tumor right it doesn't it shouldn't be a thing right it yeah. should not be it's really dumb um i remember when i was in my best friend's wedding uh and Movie? uh yep <laughs> i was excellent <laughs> matt did you guys see it i was so good so good um and uh in england so they ordered my dress in england i never got to try it on so i literally was just like just get the biggest size like whatever like we can nip it with pins and stuff but if it's too small i'm walking down the aisle in pajamas like that's yeah. how that's going to play out and the people at the bridesmaid shop kept wanting to know if I was pear-shaped because most British women tend uh, to be pear-shaped, very small up top, so slightly wider in the hip. Uh, and I was like, no, I got tits. Just get the biggest one. It'll be fine. Um, and it was. 
I'm sure there was. Plenty I mean, I was still the rude American because I yelled at lots of people. But it's well, like you know what? I was wearing. They they yell differently. They yell by not yelling, and it it cuts deeper. It cuts mm, deeper. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, the occasional sit your ass down so the bride can walk in is sometimes just very helpful. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of the evening, you see casual whispers and hear the word American, which is why we chose this American <laughs> wine, ladies and gentlemen, because we're fucking yes. bullies. Yes, and, this uh, American. We wanted to celebrate our bulliness. <laughs> <laughs> From the bully pulpit of Pinot Noir. Yeah. I shouldn't say Pinot Noir. No, I people like gonna, it when you I say know, Pinot Noir. But I'm afraid people are going to start to listen to this and be like, who is this jack off? Yeah, right? This guy, wait, he's the smart one of the duo? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, she does keep calling it black pine cone juice. <laughs> that seems silly. Um, but, you know, I think that Pinot Noir, if it was sending thank you notes to anyone at all, uh, obviously we would get one. And then yeah. um, after us, the movie Sideways would get yes. a thank you note. I mean, I feel like as sad as it, as it is, because I know Pinot Noir was around before 2004, but without the movie Sideways, Pinot Noir would just be like a standard kind of pricey, fancy pants wine. Yeah, especially like Californian, specifically Californian Pinot Noir. I don't think it would have the cult following, not even cult following, mainstream following Mainst that it yeah. does. Because... For those of you that don't remember Sideways, and uh, let's be honest, I barely do. Yeah. Um, it is a sad, funny film um, about um, this guy, Miles Raymond, who's a wine guy. Uh, played by Paul Giamatti uh, brilliantly as brilliantly all things, played, yeah. As all things Paul Giamatti does, frankly, do. But he is a Pinot Noir aficionado in the film, and he hates Merlot uh, for no apparent for like, no reason one, that we ever learn. There's one wonderful scene where he just is like, "If anyone orders Merlot, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, I'm not drinking Merlot. I'm not." Yeah, it's so good, and yeah, we never truly learn. I mean, there's a couple, I was looking at the speeches today to see if I could find what, wait, why was he like <laughs> embraced? Was he raped by Merlot in a former life? Like, what is the reason? And uh, that that's not a thing, people in the film. Yeah. Do not watch the film for that. Um, but yeah, it, be, it was it was literally, it won awards up the yeah. yin yang. It was an excellent movie, but it literally affected the sales of both Merlot and Pinot Noir. Yeah, it's funny. This Worldwide. one throwaway line, this yeah. comedic moment that nobody, I'm sure, thought about thoroughly, d nearly destroyed the U.S. Merlot market. Which is insane and exploded the Pinot Noir one. And while, I mean, obviously there's, the whole movie is about how much he loves Pinot Noir, but like, so for a person who's seen a movie, like you latch onto that a little bit, like yeah. we all latch onto things in movies and, and maybe we'll talk about that more someday, but like, we all latch on to things, obviously. Like, I can't apparently go an episode without referencing Jurassic Park. So, like, it is, <laughs> for some people who, like, this maybe was their first, like, wine movie, really. Because there's a mm -hmm. bunch of them, of course. Um, and lots of documentaries and stuff. But, like, people really sucked onto this. And forever right were on. only, I was a waitress in 2004. People ordered Pinot Noir like there was no other red wine exactly. in the fucking world. Like and all other red wine had stopped except for Pinot Noir. That's it's it. the 
best. It's the best. The best. With no and with no real like they'd be getting like, can I get a steak rare with a side of steak and three extra steaks? Yeah, no, no real peanut thought of it. Like there was no like. Wait, is that your best choice, sir? Like, of course I was. Yeah, because I saw it in this movie, and you know, oh Merlot, why would I drink that? And you know, that's why that's it, American wine. We we just go by the, the by the grape variety. Like this, we're drinking a Pinot Noir, but if we were in France, we would be drinking Burgundy. And your everyday and, person might not equate, you know, the name on the bottle to the grape. And, I have been a waitress for two thousand years, <laughs> and I have never had anybody order. A burgundy. Well, that is because they're very expensive. I was going to say, uh, to be fair, I don't know if I've ever had one on a menu. But um, yeah, just uh, even as a as a beverage director, wine director in, at a restaurant, like acquiring quality burgundy and keeping it because it's it is delicate and it does need to be stored correctly. And, and if you're going to sell it, very you know, thin skin, eight hundred bucks a bottle retail, or if it retails for eight hundred at a restaurant, it's sixteen. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you got to know what you're doing. That's a lot. Yeah, and uh, And most restaurants, ladies and gentlemen, do not. Even the fancy ones. Even the fancy ones. Just a little side note. Even your fancy restaurant still has some sort of spilled salad dressing on a staircase into a basement where there's a roach. So get over yourself, fancy pants restaurants. When I, uh, back uh, last fall, (laughs) (laughs) in, in the fall before pandemic times, Oh. Uh, the 2019 falls, I took my mom out uh, to Gramercy Tavern, which is, of course, a fancy. fancy and it's one yeah. of my favorite, just like, love that place so much. But they had a bottle of DRC that was three grand. Oi! <laughs> and I, I, I looked at it for one second and went, <laughs> Yeah, that is, uh, having been a nanny for very wealthy people, uh, the wine ordering always became uh, more interesting you know, I was obviously always at the end of the table with the children because that was my role and that's sure. fine. Yeah. And uh, there were only a couple times we went to one of the oldest pubs in England when when I talked them into going to London on vacation um, because <laughs> I wanted to. Um, and the um, and we went to one of the oldest and it's fa- it's sort of a fancy place now because it's very tourist heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted the dessert cheeses, but they wanted it as an appetizer. And I honestly thought the waiter was going to punch him in the face, the dad. And I literally, I it was like, I have to use the restroom and went <laughs> to apologize. Like I apologized to the waiter for that. But the the wine ordering was always depending on who we were with. Yeah. It became a very fun game, right? Like to see what, because he sort of knew stuff, but sort of didn't. So you knew it was going by like how much it was, yeah. which was always kind of fun. Um, yeah. So uh, I have certainly seen people look at those $3,000 and get them. Gosh. Someday. Someday. It is a dream of mine to to drink a DRC. Someday. Um, as lovely and beautiful as this California Pinot is. And I've had Everyone California Pinots that it will break just i appreciate it but but like knee shakingly good just amazing winemaking with amazing grapes but you're not gonna pay three grand you're not that's just not the cost but over in france in burgundy like the winemaking is very different and your wine because of the monks because of the monks like we blame we 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 both thank and blame the monks yeah they uh they're gonna and the the, romans like a, a, a 
Burgundian Pinot is going to taste like violets and a little bit of soil. And it's going to express the terroir, which is something we will do an entire episode on. Hugh, because soil doesn't sound good, Sean. (laughs) So terroir is the idea of, of place, right? So this wine tastes like the place it's from. Amazing. So this Pinot that we're drinking, it tastes like sunshine and mountains, which is where, where these grapes were grown. It tastes and, like so it, bleach blonde hair and fake tits. And <laughs> tastes like Pamela Anderson. Have you been to Sonoma? It's I a am. lot of ladies <laughs> with like short bob cuts and wool shawls and clogs. It's a very distinct look. They're and very they're cold odd. all the time. <laughs> Uh, where where I grew up in Vermont, it, it's very much the same look. There's the the white lady with the gray bob haircut and the wool shawl. And... What's amazing about that is our Sonoma ladies would not enjoy that comparison you just made. I no, think. no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't at all, unless you happen to say something like homeopath, and then they'd be oh, like, sure. "Oh, a Vermont yeah. homeopath." Oh, that sounds wonderful. Anyway, oh, how do I book a ticket? Let oh, me adjust the, my shawl as I pour away. this for you. <laughs> But you're tasting right. rooms it's, in Sonoma are hysterical. They're amazing. Tasting rooms everywhere are amazing, yes. quite frankly. Folks who are listening, if you haven't done a tasting room, wherever you are, find one. If you're in central New York, you can find them. If you're like, yeah. there's tasting rooms in lots of places and maybe places that shouldn't have tasting rooms. But they're still very fun to do they, a flight of are. anything. If you go, if you're in, if you're local to With New York, an expert. And go out to the uh go out to the North Fork. Mm-hmm. There's some that are like like Shin Estates. It's a biodynamic uh, wine growing facility. Beautiful tasting room. Everybody in there is super chill, super cool. But then you go to like the Mancini Brothers <laughs> and it's just the most Long Island thing. They've oh my God, this- even Wolfer. It's gorgeous. Oh yeah. Gorgeous estates. Lovely. It's across the street in the fall from like a Halloween playland. But, um, you know, whatever. Who doesn't want to? Yeah. Kids can climb on the pumpkin structures while mom and dad have some wine. Come scare me while but I yeah, have my peanut. When you do the tastings, they're a little snooty patooties. Oh, man. We, we were in um, Napa a couple of years ago. We went to Trefethen, which is a great small family owned place. Also um, sounds fun uh, to say. It is. Trefethen uh, is fun to say. But our um, our wine tasting dude. Was he was like watching the World Series on his iPad under the Amazing. table? Amazing! And so he's like trying to be all sneaky and and watch his sports while we're trying to decide like which expensive bottle of wine to take home as a souvenir. Oh my god! <laughs> I went to a, a place in Sonoma that had um a, like a sign up of mm-hmm. what the tasting notes were of everything we were going to taste in case we weren't listening. And uh, but it was in my line of sight, but not my friend Ted's. And my friend Love Ted it. considered himself the like knowledgeable one, right? So as we would sip each wine, Ted would say very fancy words, and I would literally just read the sign, like whether I got it or not. <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, no, green pepper, soil, and gnomes. I'm getting a hint of gnome, yeah. and uh, whatever the sign said, I was just <laughs> a susan of uh, is that ladybug? And um, so fine. And uh, and the guy, the guy who was doing the tasting, was like how is she doing this? But he caught on before my friend Ted. And so then for like three tastes, three different wines, it was just like this joke between the guy and I. That's fantastic. So why don't you guys tell me what you get? And Ted would say three things and he'd be like, yeah. Jen, you seem to have your finger on the pulse. What do you get? (laughs) It was amazing. Because of course he was probably a failed actor too. So like, you know, we were all playing, uh, but it was a wonderful And in that moment, moment, Everyone was successful. It was so good. It was, we were on our own fucking sideways. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we were influencing the entire wine world with our tasting moment. Going to a tasting room 
it, it's one of the things I miss most about these pandemic times, but being yeah. able to walk into a tasting room and do a flight or do a vertical, or if you, you just have a good time. It's, it's Sean, so much fun. what's the difference between a flight and a vertical? Oh, sorry. I literally so, don't know. <laughs> uh, a flight is, you know, a sample. I know what that is, yeah. A vertical would be when you take um, multiple vintages of the same wine. So if we had the the 2018, 1918-17 oh. of this Pinot project, we would be doing a vertical. Fancy. You can also do a horizontal, uh, which is tasting like all the wines of a, a particular vintage. Like this is the 2018 Grenache, 2018, you oh, know, okay. all, the, all the things that they, that they make. So you've got the vertical going up and down the vintages and horizontal going across the varieties. Nice. Um, yeah, I like it. I did read at some point that somebody like pointed out like in one of the wine, whatever is that, you know, if you like a Pinot Noir, you might like it's the same grape is going to make all the Pinot Noirs. So yeah. maybe try a different bottle of Pinot Noir just from a slightly yeah. different place and see if you get, you know, maybe not so much, maybe you don't get Asian spice, maybe you get Indian spice. <laughs> maybe. I mean, there's a, a, there's a company in California right now called Walt that's doing, um, they're pretty pricey, but it's Walt. a lot of fun. They've got uh, 14 different Pinots that they make from the entire West Coast. Like, and this one's specific to this part of you know, central vineyards. And this is part of Washington. It's all very specific to the terroir of that area. And they're making extremely high quality Pinot. Uh, and if, if you ever have a few bucks to drop, I, I recommend checking out. That Walt. is fun. This, I feel like, yeah, I can't wait to do this. However you say the word uh, episode about, you know, the terroir. stuff. Um, Cause I, you know, I mean, th- how you grow things affect stuff. Like here I am in Astoria. I have a little baby yard. I like to grow tomatoes. You know what mm-hmm. I know? in your same pot as tomatoes, you should grow some basil or some marigolds because those two things help your tomatoes, but you shouldn't grow other stuff because they fuck up your tomatoes. Yeah. You got to find that chemical balance. It really does make a difference. Like you shouldn't keep apples in the fridge with, I think it's onions. Like you shouldn't keep them in the same drawer. Yeah. They go brown. Yeah. Cause the onions give off. Well, onions are just bad. People stay away from onions. I love onions. I know. But ugh. Fucking nasty. French onion um, soup is such a delight. Der, you know what I love? I do. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I have occasionally ordered the French onion soup just for the cheesy croutons. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's an exception. And then I'm thing. like, I don't want anything to do with this soup. You can take this dirty <laughs> soup away. And why I don't just order a grilled cheese is beyond me. But it's because it soaks up a little of the beef stock. Yeah, you get that beef stock. You, you gotta get that salty have that beefiness. You got to have that. That's it's the marriage. It's like, let's say a place had grilled cheese croutons on a Caesar salad. <laughs> it's about the marriage, Sean. Uh, I'm a, I'm, I once saw when I was a nanny, this is a horrible thing to admit. Cause the kid probably has early onset heart disease. And I'd like to apologize right now. We had seen a post about somebody who made a burger, a cheeseburger, but instead of just a bun, it was on two grilled cheeses. Yes. Oh my God, we made those and that was delicious. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. Why wouldn't that be good? That ev- it is not everything that's good is there. I mean, honestly, serve it on lard because you're going to have a heart attack within an hour. You know what? But, it, it, make grilled cheese out of your Krispy Kreme donuts, throw a slab of beef in between there, pop a bottle that's not Pinot Noir, and. That is the moment of music I needed right there. That's it. And I think with these delicious food images, <laughs> we should All of wrap which up. would pair lovely with the Pinot Project Pinot Noir that we're drinking tonight. Absolutely. Um, as well as any other Pinot Noir. But hey, there's so many Pinot Noirs. Let us know what is your favorite yeah. Pinot Noir. And what 
area the spice comes from than you get. <laughs> Let us know what you're tasting, where it's from, and how it compares to something else you're tasting. Oh my god, so good! Because that's all, what, what are we doing? We're doing tastings in our home for ourselves now. I know. That's, that's what we do. I'm tasting a bottle at a time. That <laughs> seems totally fair. A whole fair. bottle. It's not a glass. It's not a flight. Nope. It's a 750. And I or think that's sometimes fine. sometimes a liter. <laughs> And on that note. And on that note. Thanks for listening, friends. Thanks for listening, Cheers. everybody. Cheers. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode of Bottled Up. Jen and I hope you enjoyed it and managed to learn a little something about Pinot Noir. If you did and would like to tell us about it, you can find us on Facebook at Bottled Up Podcast or on Instagram at Bottled underscore up underscore podcast. For information on today's wine, fun Pinot facts, and to find out how you can sponsor an episode, check out our website, bottleduppodcast.blog. Bottled Up is produced in Astoria, New York by me, Sean Linehan, and my co-host is Jen Wearing. This episode's music is by Dar Golan. You can find information on his music on his website, which is listed in the show notes. As always, until our glasses meet again, be safe, be well, and drink up.